Come on. Nir, are you ready? I am. I feel good. I'm ready. The people are ready. Let's go. Welcome to Lifeblood Engage. This is George G. Our guest today is the strong and powerful Nir Bashan. He is the author of The Creator Mindset. He's a speaker, a consultant, and a creativity expert. I'm excited to have you on. Nir, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Yeah, totally. Thanks for having me, George. Uh, I am a creativity expert. Um, I go around the world helping different companies and people uh, doing different things in their career at different points in their career, help them become more creative. I feel that there's a real shortage of creativity, especially in business, and I'm on a life mission to help people become more creative in anything that they do. Nice. Amen. How's that happen? How did it happen? Man, so I started (laughs) when I was nine years old going door to door in Los Angeles washing cars. And I noticed that nobody would let me wash their car. Right. Cause I was just a punk kid and you know, I was nine and I'd ask somebody for their, you know, keys to their treasured, you know, 1984 Ford Taurus. Right. They were like, <laughs> I love that car. It's a Ford Taurus, you know, and I'd be like, yeah, but uh, can I wash it? You know, that kind of thing. And nobody, right. people rarely would let us wash their car. And so I learned that I had to get creative in order to make money. And so what I did was I did all kinds of other things. I'd say, Hey, we're here to wash your car. People would say no. And then I'd say, I'd get creative and I'd say, well, I can wash, you know, out your trash cans or sweep up your porch or do anything. And so I learned at a very young age that in order to be successful in business, you had to be creative. And that's kind of how the whole journey started. Love it. I've 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 recently been on a bit of uh, a foster my own creativity kick, so I think that this conversation couldn't possibly more be be more timely. I I, I, I feel like the universe connected us near. Awesome. Uh, and I remember reading this book, and it's like when 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 we're in first grade, and the teacher said, "Who's an artist?" Everybody raises their hand, and by a certain age, nobody raises their hand anymore. Does does the world just kind of beat the creativity out of us, or what? You know, I think that school has a lot to do with it. I think that, um, you know, we're all born creative, right? I, I believe that 60, 70,000 years ago, uh, the first creative idea was born, and that led us to be here today, right? There is a, uh animal attacking the world's first creative person, Harriet, the cavewoman, and the beast was stronger and more powerful and than than we were, you know, and it, it had bigger teeth and the whole deal. But Harriet saw a walking stick that was never anything but a walking stick. And she saw like a little berry picker that was never anything but a berry picker. And she put <laughs> the, the little thing on top of the stick and made the world's first spear and saved her life. And that is the very reason that we are here today. Yet in modern business we've ignored it right we're all numbers people yeah let's look at the you know at the numbers and let's look at the you know pnl sheets and and you know quarter three yeah great and the problem with that is that it does not give us a complete picture at best it gives us half of the picture and i work with a lot of financial groups i do a lot of work with mortgage people and 
people in different financial sectors, and they get the message immediately, right? They're like, yep, totally. Yep, that's not the full story. Yes, we like this guy. Um, because they, out of all people who know that the numbers don't say anything, these are the people, uh, the numbers don't tell you everything. So what, what we end up doing is we kind of shut down the creative side of our mind and we adapt to what everyone else is doing, which is hyper analytical. There are literally, literally hundreds of firms out there that do analytical processing, efficiency management and all that stuff. The big three consultancies were born in the foundation of, you know, analytics and and that sort of thing. But what we're doing is we're driving our business, our our ship, right, our careers, looking in the rearview mirror because no matter what you do, these numbers are representative of a snapshot in the past. They are not representative of what will happen in the future. And the best that they can do is give us an indication of what happened. Uh, what we need to do is we need to combine it with creativity in order to see really what is in front of us. And we've gotten beaten it it got beaten out of us since, you know, we were, we were kids. We're told that it's not the stuff of seriousness. We're told that creativity is only art, which is a myth. We're told that, Oh, you know, if you, if you don't play the trumpet, you don't know anything about creativity, total myth. And so we grow up and we get serious in our lives and we own businesses or careers and we stop being creative and we only embrace the analytics and, society as a general is in peril because of this we will never get to where we need to go as humanity if we keep stifling the creative and keep embracing overly embracing the analytics we need to combine them both together in order to reach our optimal human condition so are we in a stage right now like like before Technicolor where it's sort of black and white and we need to get to the part in the movie where it's like an Alice or the the uh Wizard of Oz when she steps out and there's yeah. actually color? Totally. Yeah, we really need to get there. I mean, you know, I, I talked in a book about some cancer researchers and you know, their breakthroughs are the exception, not the rule. And listen, George, we can, you know, we could easily have landed a woman on Mars by now. We could have easily have cured cancer. The problem is, is that the analytics are so prevalent and so it's so hard to take a risk on a creative idea. You know, people go to school or, you know, I don't know, 12 years of general school, four years of undergrad, you know, two years of graduate school, two years of postdoc. I, I you know, you, you get you add the whole thing up, you know, and the debt that people are in. They're sitting in some research lab going, you know what, I've got an idea. This is cool, man. This is really good stuff. Are they gonna take a leap on that idea, you know, that crazy idea? Or are they just gonna go along with, you know, hey, I gotta gotta make my first and fifteenth, right? Gotta pay my bills. Sadly the vast majority of people out there are going to take the easy route out because the stakes are just too high not to. But what that does is it makes our life and our society um, a little bit, you know, lesser in terms of innovation, in terms of getting to the next um, logical step that we need to, uh, to get to. So 
I advocate for not throwing away the analytics, but combining it, combining it with creativity in order to, to get to that next stage. Nope. Get rid of them. Gone. No more numbers. Done. <laughs> no, <Well. laughs> no, I think, I, I think numbers are good. You know, it just, we don't combine them together and we're only operating with half, half of our minds. Listen, you and I both have a friend that's super creative, right? And he's in mom and dad's basement. Like, and he's 45. That's great, man. But like, if you know, it's not just good enough to have the idea. You need to combine it with a sense of analytics, uh, a market forecast, uh, a way to package and and sell and market uh, a product. And those those generally come from the analytical mindset. So it's not just good enough to be creative. You have to be both. Love it. So how do we do that? Can't go from zero to 60 or can we? So, yes, it's in everybody's ability to become creative. You just need to rediscover it. I wrote a book called The Creator Mindset. It's a McGraw-Hill release. If you don't have it, please go pick it up. It's in every bookstore in the U.S. Um, Barnes & Noble, if you want to put on a mask and go down and, and pick up a copy, it's there. It's called The Creator Mindset. I've got 92 tools in there on how to become creative. Everything in the book is free. Everything. Um, it's really about shifting your mindset into accepting creativity. One of the things I talk about the book that your listeners can do right now is starting to write stuff down. It is not just good enough to have an idea. You need to be able to write stuff down. So I talk about how writing things down helps you become more creative. I talk in the book a lot about listening, which I'm not doing now because I'm on a podcast with you, <laughs> but generally I'm the listener. I'm not the talker, right? So how to listen and how to be empathetic in your approach and what you're listening for, those very things can spark creativity. I also talk in a book about a process of how to become creative. It's called the concept, the idea, and the execution. And anybody can do it. It just takes literally two minutes. I do it every single day when I need an idea. I don't wait for a shower. I don't wait for, you know, some meditation to happen. I don't wait for, you know, the seven tones of Solomon to play and aligning my chakras and all this stuff. If you want to do that, that's great. If it's working for you, fantastic. But for the rest of us, man, we need a recipe, right? We need something we could follow every day. I need an idea. I'm at work. I'm on a Zoom call, you know, for nine hours a day. I need to get an idea off to a client. I need to come up with some creativity so that I can repackage this offering in a different way or move inventory, whatever your particular problem is. Um, I, I wrote down a recipe of what you can follow to become more creative. Nice. Love that. <laughs> I, I appreciate that very much that, you know, you can't wait for inspiration to strike because it, 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 it may never. And so be intentional and, and have an actual process for, for how to make it happen. Um, I remember hearing about how Google uh, allows or encourages employees to do like 10 or 20 percent of, of, of their time towards whatever they want to work on. Is, is that not this is, is that sort of what what is that aligned to what you're talking about? Kind yeah, of. absolutely. Listen, um, creativity, because it is so deeply ingrained in our DNA, its manifestations within a company or even a person is as individual as you are. So 
the way that Google practices creativity might not be the same way that the dry cleaner on the corner practices creativity, right? 10 or 20%, um, you know, of your day dedicated to, to self-guided projects or whatever. I think it's a great idea for Google. But, you know, you need to identify sort of who you are, what you're doing, why it is that you're doing it, and what your customers think um, before you just apply something that's worked somewhere else. So, yes, it is a very, very good idea for them. And what you have to do is sort of discover why it is that you're doing what you're doing, what it is that you're doing, and find deep creative meaning in it for yourself. Listen, I, I worked with a with a, a large pizza brand in the U.S., a, a restaurant chain, and you know they they basically bought me in after the all the big consultancies were there. Then they maximized some efficiency to you know point zero zero two percent, and it was amazing. Near look. We're saving money, and oh wow! I said, okay, why am I here? And they're like, well, you know, we're we just we flatlined, so we saved money, but then we flatlined. And I'm like, I'm not gonna, you know, I I don't want to come and look at the at the process of, I don't know, um, logistics uh, to help you guys shave two percent off of uh, off of cost. That's not me. That's somebody else. Go go and do that. You can do that all day. The problem is, is that yeah, you might see a short term gain. So it's it's really about like any efficiency that you apply with analytics alone, it's going to it's going to flatline at some point. OK, and then what you need to do is you need to really inject creativity into the process in order to keep um, to keep, you know, getting better and, and, you know, making more money and all that good stuff. So what these guys did was they were like, OK, just show us how to do that. We're fine with it. What do we need to do? And I said, well, you guys need to tell me what you need to do because I don't know your brand. And, you know, we started talking. And after a while, they had a lot of deep meaning of why they were the uh, you know, why they worked at this company and why they did what they did and how they did it and what their customers um, what the takeaway from their customers was. And it was profound. So what we ended up doing was working together to find their core, sort of creative core, their creative DNA. And through that, they applied a bunch of programs that made a lot of money. I mean, a lot of money. They bought me in because they wanted to come up with a new product. And we came up with a Calzone together um, that did really, really well for, for quite a while. And I sort of help them understand how to get creative uh, about what they what they're doing. So creativity really comes from the individual expressing it and using it in terms that are very personal. I love it. <clears throat> so like like most everything in life one size does not fit all. Uh, there's not just one thing a prescription that you can throw on any company or any industry. They need to figure out um Walk me through that again. They need to determine what? So what happens is I have a concept, an idea, and execution, right? The concept is the largest level that you can look at your business or service or career. The idea is the medium range, and the execution is the most specific, specific part. And what they were doing, which is what most companies do, is they were working – on the execution part of their business almost exclusively. Mm. And we're talking heavy hitter, C-suite level people here. And they were like, well, you know, we make pizza, right? Our medium cheese lover, double crust, is the best seller, $9.99, blah, 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 blah. And I said, okay, well, what am I here for? And they're like, well, we wanna come up with a new product. 
And I said, okay, so let's start taking idea, concept, idea, and execution. You have your execution. What's the idea behind it? And they're like, pizza. Pizza's the idea behind it, Nir. <laughs> I'm like, no, that's not good enough. That's not, that's your execution. Why are you making pizza and why aren't you making subs? Or why aren't you making hamburger? And they were like, uh, <laughs> what? And so it took a few days to really start to understand. But then somebody said, our founder came over in, you know, 1910 or whatever and had the best recipe. And we started to really work together. And it came from them. It didn't come from me. I didn't tell them this is who you are. They told me um, comfort food was their idea because Really, pizza is about their particular brand of pizza is about making everybody feel comfortable. I was like, great, okay. And everybody loved it. Yeah, comfort food. We got behind it. I said, okay, what's your concept? And so we went around the room, and that was really difficult. Um, it took a while. But finally, somebody said, if we don't deliver pizza to Mr. and Mrs. Johnson at 6 o'clock every day, they go hungry. They don't see anybody else. We are their social group. We, Their drivers are their friends and, you know, all of this stuff. They're an elderly couple. And I'm like, wow, you know, blew my mind. I said, okay, what what, what, do you, what does that mean to you guys? And they're like, well, this is, we're really in the business of sustenance. We're in the business of our pizza touching the hearts and minds of people. It, it is a deep product that is, you know, felt and, 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 you know, loved by, by millions. I said, okay, great. So their concept was sustenance. Um, you know, their, uh, idea was comfort food and their execution was the double crust meat lovers, cheesy crust or whatever. So I said, okay, great. Now, what do you guys want to do? Yeah. We want to, we want to introduce a new product. I said, let's go through the entire big medium and small, right? Uh, idea, the concept idea and execution and start to look at different products that we can do. And somebody said, well, if we're really comfort food, then why don't we do chicken soup? And I'm like, yes, great. We wrote it down. We circled it. It's all about writing stuff down. Right. And then they started to come up with a lot of ideas and we got the calzone out of it. And I hope one day that they'll do chicken soup because I believe it's fully in line with their brand. And I think people would love it. So that's kind of the idea behind the concept idea of the execution. And that's how you make creativity happen. I love it. I love it. That's something that everybody can do. Biggest organizations out there and just solopreneur or somebody who is who's wanting to optimize and get better and grow and become more profitable, increase sales, all of those things. I love it. Well, Nir, the people are ready for your difference-making tip. What do you have for them? My difference-making tip is that if you follow my program, The Creator Mindset, you will get rich slow. You will get rich really slow. Okay? <laughs> if you want to get rich quick, you know, don't, don't buy my book. If you want to, you know, invest $1,000 in some hot stock and then make, you know, $20 million by next Tuesday – don't buy my book. If you want tips that you will be able to use for the rest of your life, no matter what you do, pick up my book, connect with me. I'm very easy to find. There's three near Bashans in the entire world, right? Um, N-I-R-B-A-S-H-A-N. Uh, I'm on Insta. I'm on Facebook. I'm on all that stuff. Reach out. Send me a message. I'd love to hear from you, and I'd love to hear what you think of of this technique. Well, I think that, that is great stuff that definitely gets come on. Come on. Nir, thank you so much for coming on. Give us the website one more time. Or it's the name near of the book. N I R 
Yeah, yeah. Near N-I-R, Bashan, B-A-S-H-A-N dot com, near Bashan dot com. And the name of the book is The Creator Mindset, 92 Tools. Ah, man. Hold on. I don't know the name of the young. I didn't name that part. I didn't name that part. That's my my disclosure. 92 Tools to Unlock the Secrets to Innovation, Growth, and Sustainability. McGraw-Hill did that part. I did The Creator Mindset. And I was really happy. Perfect. Well, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show near your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, go to nearbashan.com, N-I-R-B-A-S-H-A-N. Find them all over social media and pick up a copy of The Creator Mindset wherever fine books are sold. Thanks again, Nir. Hey, thanks, man. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight. We are all in this together. This episode is brought to you by Money Alignment Academy. If you are looking for a financial wellness platform for your company, your organization, and your employees, check out moneyalignmentacademy.com or click on the link in the notes of the show.